Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We're so glad to have you with us today. And we have a special guest today, Farron Meek. Farron is the owner of FM Music down in North Kansas City, Missouri. And thanks Farron for joining Spirituality Adventures. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me to be on. Tell us, I like to start with background, kind of tell us where you where you were born, where you grew up. Uh, uh, I'm from Trenton, Missouri. Uh, it's about an hour and 45 minutes from here, up in the middle of north central Missouri. Um, town of a little over 6,000. Uh, lived there from being born in the local hospital uh, up until I was 26. Um, uh, went to school there, went to the local junior college, got my degree from there, my my AA degree, and then uh, transferred to uh, at the time, it was Northeast Missouri State, now Truman State. Mm -hmm. uh, received my uh, degree in business administration from there and then uh, decided I really wasn't ready to go out in the working world. So I moved back home and uh, my uh, parents with my aunt and uncle owned a gas station that I pretty much grew up in working. Um, my uncle was ready to retire. My dad was not. He was the younger one of the of the brothers. and. Uh, went back with the knowledge that uh, be there until my dad decided he would retire. I committed that I would uh, take over for my uncle and work with my dad. And that was uh, about a four and a half year period. Um, and my parents talked me out of taking over the business because small towns, not a good thing. Is this like an independent yeah, you own gas it, station? It, my, uh, Dad had worked there since he was 21. He retired at wow. uh, 68. Um, he had owned it. Uh, uh, he bought it. He he bought it a year after I was born. So he bought it in 62. And but he'd worked there. Hmm. That was his, where he worked. Now was his passion. It was a full service gas station. It mostly most of the years was a Texaco gas station. Yeah. Um, Full service, so you check the air, you wash the windshield, you check the oil. Right. You know, you knew all your customers by name. Um, so fascinating. In the small town. Yeah. It was, uh, we handled lawn boy lawnmowers. Like Mayberry. Oh, it was. <laughs> he was a convenience store before there were convenience stores. Yeah, interesting. And uh, it was uh, just as a young kid, you know, I was five years old, a little kid, and he'd have me out and some 60, 70 year old lady would come in looking for a lawnmower and he'd pull me out and show, I'd be able to start a lawn boy lawnmower first pull. And so, he, you know, he could convince a, yeah. an older lady that, you know, they could start it if a mm -hmm. little five year old could start it. So um, just something that I grew up in. Um, don't know if I'd say I enjoyed it. I guess if I enjoyed it, I'd still be doing it. But uh, as with small towns, my parents, saw what was happening that uh, it wasn't the same as it had been mm -hmm. in the past and uh, they encouraged me not to continue with the business so I sold it off and I moved to Kansas City and uh, been in retail ever since uh, passion was sporting goods and music my first job was managing for Herman Sporting Goods when I moved to Kansas City okay. did that um, and then uh, in uh, had some other jobs uh, in between, but uh, in 95, I got my first uh, chance to manage a music store, which was with a company. Uh, uh, store's names were Music for a Song. Okay. And uh, opened a store at the Outlet Mall, which doesn't really exist in Odessa. Oh, yeah. And we opened that in 95. Mm -hmm. And uh, I managed that up until. Um, January 1st of 2002 and uh, the year that uh, 2002, 2003, over 2000 music stores in the United States closed thanks to 
Napster, mm-hmm. the first music downloads. And that was sort of the yeah. real change in the music industry. Uh, radical. Yeah. Digital downloading, pirating. Oof. And the weird thing is now out of all the, uh, you know, as bad as everyone hated Napster back then, they actually pay more than any other of the services. They pay a higher percentage to artists than anyone yeah. else. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of artist friends and, and you know, of course, you know, they feel like iTunes and all that just, yeah, it's just, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Basically I, nothing. It's, yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. It's, it's what it is, yeah. but it's it, it's not it's not a money maker. No. For for smaller artists or even even some of the big artists don't make their money there. Right. I I think it's been traveling, hadn't it? Yeah. Like touring, that's where like the Deadhead. Crowd. Oh yeah. I mean, they were the I think they were the number one grossing band year after year after year after year after year after year because of all the merch and the ticket sales. People and just would follow them show to show Unbelievable. To show. I was lucky enough to see him one time at Sandstone on 4th of July. I, my memory has it as being the hottest 4th of July I've, that I've <laughs> ever been around for. And uh, show was in the afternoon. I swear it was over 100 degrees. And wow. it, it was an experience. I was I, a guy I worked with, his brother had, uh, was, uh, had just graduated high school and he was following the dead after, uh-huh. after his senior year of high school. And yep. he, he couldn't believe I'd never seen the dead. So he got his brother and myself, he got us tickets. We were on the 10th row and uh, it was an experience. I hadn't probably watched the crowd more than I actually did right. the dead. I understand. I, so I was living in Virginia uh, from 87 to 90 and okay. they came to, so I lived in Hampton, Virginia, which, uh, but I think they came to either Hampton or Newport News in right in there in 88 or 89 and I went. <laughs> That was really fun. It <laughs> it's a fascinating crowd. I it was. I literally milled around the crowd and just rolled into people's spaces and just talked for hours on end. I mean, it was so fascinating. The life in the I mean, what it took place in the parking lot before the concert. Right, that's was what I did. Whole, it was its whole world. Yeah, that's where I hung out like almost the whole time. And then, the, yeah, and I can't tell you what the song is. I apologize to any deadheads out there, mm-hmm. but. They started, well, the first, they were their own opening act and they did about an hour set and it was probably four songs, but in my memory, it was maybe three, Yeah. but they would, st- they'd play a song and the next thing I know, the song would be over and they'd all be back at their amps and they'd all be tuning. And then that would go on and on and on. And then they'd play another song and then they'd be back at their amps tuning. After an hour, they leave yeah. the stage, take a break. They come back. They play an hour and a half or so. Never once did they go to their Amson tune. And I'm like, what was that all about in the warm up? And they go, that's just what they do. And I'm like, okay, add two more songs or make it shorter. But nope, that's just what they yeah. do. And the, the other thing about that was in the second set, they break into a song and then the first two or three notes, everyone in the crowd is like, they haven't played this since, and this was like 90 or 91, whenever it was, they haven't played this since 1983. And and everyone everyone in the crowd that was deadhead knew what show was the last time they'd played this one song. Wow. It it was just crazy. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It was. You know, I mean, tying into the theme of spirituality adventures, like I, when I rolled through those, the parking lot and just had conversations, we had, I had, dozens and dozens of spiritual conversations and it was so fascinating because it was it was all over the map you know but fun yeah just fun and open-hearted people and it was it was really quite fun I, I enjoyed just an amazing crowd great people kind hearts yeah just all ages people yep. had been like families like <laughs> like the gentleman that i or the young man that just graduated high school it was his first summer following the dead but mm. then you had people that had probably followed the dead since at some point when the dead first started. So just an incredible mix of people and, and uh, now everyone was just there to have a good time and enjoy the music. Yeah. So I think, you know, they were, I think easily the number one grossing band for year after year, after year, after year, after year. I'm not sure who it is now, but especially after the pandemic and everything, it's gotta be totally. (laughs) 
that screwed everything up, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been tough for, for the big name artists, but also for the local artists that mm-hmm. can't play in venues because nothing was open. No, yep. they, were, they couldn't play. Yep. Shut down. So um, I'm curious, like growing up in small town, was what did you have any kind of faith background in, in this little town that you grew up in? Um, my parents, I grew up in a religious household. Um, everybody know everybody's business, everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Trenton, it, Trenton loved growing up there. I wouldn't trade it for anything, would not move back there. People that I'm friends with in Trenton, love you. I love my town where I grew up, so proud of it. But very, very uh, dominated by the Ministry Alliance, still is. Christian uh, Ministry Alliance? Um, or is just, that, or just yeah, the, the, uh, the, mainly by, the uh, mainly by the Baptist, two Baptist church, okay. mainly by one Baptist, the main Baptist church in town, okay. but the other. Um, we were the last high V. If I'm, I'm think I've got this right, we were the last high V. We at one time we were the furthest south of any high V was in Trenton, and I mean this goes back to early '60s. Mm-hmm. But we were the furthest south out of Iowa. They're based out of Iowa, and uh, you know of course they're here now in, in Kansas City area. But we were the last high V to have alcohol. Oh wow! And there there wasn't liquor stores; they were package shops. Um, and you had to have not only your front door, but you had to have your back door. And in the town, um, the people that weren't religious would walk in the front door. If you were a churchgoer, you'd usually probably park maybe in the back and go in the back door. And if you were a minister, you would have it delivered to your house. Those are the stories that I've got. Uh, there was a liquor store across the street from my parents' gas station. And uh, oh. from one of the owners of that, that's the story that I got. That's funny. I don't, I'm gonna say that it's true because it makes for a good story. It makes, it makes for a good one. That <laughs> sounds true. <laughs> <laughs> um, never, Ugh. never had alcohol in my parents' house. Um, very religious. Uh, went to church, but at a at a fairly young age, um, after going every Sunday, my parents set me down and my brother, who's five years older, and just said, uh, "Our parents didn't force religion on us. We don't want to force it on you. It should be your someday. It should be your choice to pick what church you want to go to." And they gave us the option of going to church or not going to church. And as a young person, that the idea of sleeping in on a Sunday sadly won out. So um, I, I believe in that I'm a spiritual person. Um, always have questions, always uh, trying to figure things out. And uh, I, I believe in uh, uh, I believe in Christian values uh, that uh, I don't, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know what I believe in. That's the question I always ask myself, because if I pick being a Christian over being a Buddhist, how I, I have trouble justifying that I'm picking or being a Muslim, why I'm lucky enough to pick the right religion. Mm -hmm. I think if you need to go to church on Sundays and that helps you, fine. Um, But I do have, I have questions. I've known people that, that seem to be Christian on Sundays and didn't seem to be Christian the other six days of the week. Yeah. And that's always bothered me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, like my my story here, I was a pastor, and then I ended up getting into uh, some addiction issues that really, and it was a short period of time, I mean, compared to my whole life. Uh-huh. I, I think we're the same age. So I was born in 61. I was too. What you, what was your, what's your birthday? June, June 15th. <laughs> okay, I'm March 10th. Okay, you got me by a little so I'm bit. I'm older, yes. all right, anyway. But yeah, and uh, I would I'd have been the same way if my parents would have given me an option to go to church, I wouldn't have gone. But then I ended up having an encounter that really changed my life. And I became a follower of Jesus, became a pastor, and really did try to, you know, be a follower of Jesus 
but but on the grace end of things, not on the legalist, not on the legalism end of things. I don't know if you know, like, but I tried to not be rules based. Uh-huh. I tried to be in like, I tried to be more grace based relationship oriented okay. kind of kind of a Jesus follower, I guess you'd call it. And and so and so when I went through what I went through, my my addiction issues uh man i was so full of shame and humiliated and i felt like i'd been a hypocrite and let everybody down and all that kind of stuff and, but you know the thing that a lot of people remembered was that i i did speak a lot about grace and about forgiveness and you know all of us need to find that in whatever way we need it we have to you know there's things that we all wrestle with guilt oh. and shame and we have to find that place of forgiving ourselves you know forgiving others for you know i i i'm a big believer in grace and forgiveness you know regardless of what your faith tradition is yeah. right and and <clears throat> none of us are perfect yeah yeah and, and we all make mistakes yeah i found out i couldn't walk on water you know i tried but anyway <laughs> yeah so um so then, so you college, you went back to Trenton, worked in there, came to Kansas City, got into the record industry, and then all of a sudden, digital world hits. So how, catch us up from there. And and when did you start? Let's let's kind of jump into FM music. When did when did that get started? Um. So from being music for a song, losing my job with them being unemployed for a year. Uh, I knew that that was my passion. That's what I enjoyed doing. Um, turned down some other jobs that probably would have paid more, but got a job running the music department in, uh, for Barnes & Noble in Independence, the music and DVD department. Um, did that for about a six year period. That's where I met my wife. Um, oh, nice. So it was a great time. Yeah. Um, and then, after that, uh, ran a college bookstore at Cleveland Chiropractic College for another company. Uh, did that for a while. Um, my wife, uh, she uh, was into uh, sort of the repurposing furniture, the painted furniture craze that mm-hmm. hit back 2014, whatever mm-hmm, it was. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we were doing some of that. and. We got a booth down in the West Bottoms here in Kansas City, and and uh, she we had some stuff in there, and um, every vendor had a crate of records, and she's like, "You need to put in some of your records. You just have too many records." And I'm like, "No, I can't do that. Can't can't sell my records. They're 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 like my kids." And she goes, "I I don't have kids. She has kids. We have grandkids." Uh, I go, she goes, "They're not your kids." And I go, "I can tell you where I bought each one. I can tell you probably what I paid for it. I can probably tell you when I bought it." She goes, just put something in. You don't listen to everything. So I put in a crate, sold some records. We put in two crates. I sold more records, three than four. Our time was over, our six month thing. We didn't renew. It wasn't the best place to be. The lady that owned the place wasn't the kindest. And um, so we moved out. And uh, about a month later, I had these four crates in the basement. I just, they carried them in, set them down and walked away from them. And one, one day I went, started going through them, started going to put stuff back in my collection. And there was a record that didn't belong to me. It was another vendor f- from the place. And I go, we got to return this. People walk around in your bi- in places like and like that and they have a record from one vendor and decide they didn't want it and just stick it wherever. And uh, couldn't keep that record, it didn't belong to me. So uh, we went down returned it and uh, they go, there's a store a couple blocks down that's looking for new vendors for their second floor. My wife and I were not dressed to meet people with the idea of having a career move opportunity. Going on. We looked, <laughs> we could have looked homeless. It, it, my memory has it. We were going to stop there and then go visit my uncle over on the Kansas side. And not like we were trying to impress anyone, but we walked down the street, we walk in this mid-century modern furniture store that just opened up called uh, Goldie and Myrtles. It's not there anymore. But uh, my wife started talking and uh, they had no interest in what we'd done at the previous place. But all of a sudden my wife off the top of her head just started talking about opening this 
vintage record shop that would have mid-century modern furniture, console stereos mixed in. It'd be sort of this lounge feel to it. And I'm standing there next to her and she's talking about it. And I'm thinking, wow, this sounds really cool. Mm. And I'm thinking also, she's not the kind of person that just pulls stuff off of her head, but where is this coming from? And um, some spiritual thing told her this is our opportunity. And she had always wanted us to own a record store. She knew that's where my passion was. Yeah. And lucky enough, the mother daughter that owned the place felt the same way that they wanted a record shop on their second floor. And we opened in, um, get my years right, we opened July of 2015. Okay. And we was were there. Was it called FM Music? It was called, F, the okay. part, our part was called FM Music okay. from day one. My wife says I'm a little, little egotistical about my Fair and meek. Fair and meek. Uh Uh, But my concept is uh, FM, FM radio, Mm -hmm. what used to be album radio. Right. So in my head, it's a nice twist on Mm -hmm. both my name. And FM music was, radio stations would, in the evening on FM radio, would put an album, a new album on, yeah. play one side, and not take a commercial until the end of that side, and then put on the second side. Plus your logo, you know, like I'm sure, like if a 20 year old walks into your store, he has no clue what that logo is, right? Well, maybe it, they do it, now. It's a 45 adapter. It, I, know, I know, I <laughs> know. It's it's amazing. I've had some 20 year olds come in that's got that as they a know tattoo. It. Oh wow! That's and they'll crazy. show it to me. Like I got to show you my tattoo. But uh, it's the vinyl's made such a comeback. It right? has. It's it's, it's, it's it's so everybody. It's amazing. So more people. Yeah, that's great. Well, the, my original thing was, I it, to me that sort of says records, that adapter logo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, there's gotta be some technical name other than 45 adapter. Look it up. There is actually no other name other than 45 adapter. I wouldn't adapter. know what it, yeah, I couldn't and come up with one. And that's just, to me, the stupidest name for a store, <laughs> especially when I'm not really gonna do 45s. So um, I did a little pencil drawing and uh, a gentleman that I know, a local musician who's a graphic artist, uh, Jug Kite with his Killer Kite Productions. I sent him this bad drawing and then I sent him the sob story. Don't have much money and Judd sends me this fabulous logo and uh, our payment system with my between Judd and I is a bottle of a nice bourbon. There you go. Is whenever I need any <laughs> any any graphic design work done. Uh, there you go. It's always worked that I pay him with uh, some Woodford wood reserve woodford reserve yeah, yeah. good that's stuff. his favorite stuff <laughs> so that's uh i don't know how he makes a living if everyone pays him in bourbon but he's happy i think <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome so 2015 2015 so we were there um through 15 uh 16 into 17 our lease was up um and they were raising our rent and it and the mother daughter we'd sort of got the feeling that they were wanting to move on and they were my wife and i'd lost our job in june of uh, both of us the company we work for lost our jobs run college bookstores in uh, in uh, june of 16 so we'd sort of been unemployed uh, we call that our year of retirement um because that was a really fun year not going to work every day but you can't can't it doesn't really pay very well but we had this uh, little space down there that had been a hobby um and we developed a friendship with a gentleman by the name of steve chase he has a company in north kansas city called groove washer uh he makes what i believe is the best quality cleaning products on the market it's what we sell in the shop and he had invited us up up to north kansas city to see his operation and steve took us around north kansas city and showed us every open space hmm. and he goes okay you've seen every place have you got a couple in mind and we're like yeah and he drives turns off of swift and goes turns on to east uh, 18th avenue and he pulls up in front of this building my wife's in the front of his suv and i'm in the back seat and he pulls up and he goes this is where you're opening up your shop. And he points at the space and there's two open spaces and he goes, you're doing it here. Hmm. You're doing it right here. That's great. He, he knew the rent, he knew the guy that owned it, he knew the the realtor for it. And he square footage, he goes, this is where you need to open up. And I'm in the back seat, and I'm, and Steve's not that much older than me, but I just go, thanks dad. 
Mm-hmm. He goes, you're going to write the phone number that's on the sign in the window. You're going to call them today and you're going to open up your shop. And what year was this? This was in uh, 17. So this okay. would have been this would have been May of 17. OK. And we called, um, got the ball rolling, uh, went back to pay my last min- uh, month's rent at uh, Goldie and Myrtle's and uh, tell them that we were gonna step out our own. And uh, uh, she actually asked if I'd signed anything. She asked, told me I could take over running the business there. They'd keep the name Goldie and Myrtle. And I just told her, I don't wanna run a furniture store. I wanna run a record shop. And we want our name on the place. We want to be able to set the hours, and uh, we know we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Golden Myrtles. And uh, we appreciate so much the opportunity they gave us. They let us build to where we could step out on our own. So we opened up in North Kansas City, um, July, uh, mid July of 2017. Okay, this is like 18th and. Or this is East 18th. East 18th. Uh, yeah. 206 East 18th Avenue. Okay. Um, we had a beautiful parking lot across the street, which we've lost, but in a year, we're gonna have an apartment building with 230 some apartments of people that I'm trying to get the apartment building to make it where they must, to be able to live there, you must own a turntable. There you they go. haven't went for that yet. Yeah. But those people can just come out and That's shop so with great. us. If you don't have one, come in first. Come in, well, I can sell you one. Yeah, so let's talk about your store, the vinyl, the vinyl revolution, uh, what, what, you know, what kind of, what's your typical customer? What are they looking for? But, and I gotta, I gotta confess, like I'm late to the game when it comes to vinyl. Cause I, I literally got rid of most of my vinyl albums, which I regret tremendously. Right. Cause I was, I grew up, you know, when I first started listening to, to rock, it was prog rock. I was listening to Kansas. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Yes, um, I, I can go on down the the list, but those those were my favorite bands. Kansas was actually my favorite band. It and mine too. I love them and my, followed uh, them all. I mean, I've you know I've even had contact with Carrie Livgren. You know, and I could I, <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, and and you know the spirituality of their stuff and how oh, Carrie yes. was searching for all and he tried everything and I you know that, that I loved that that you was know? I mean a big part of their music yeah and then it was also part of the conflict within the band yeah exactly Joan Joe Walsh Steve and, Walsh Steve Walsh yeah sorry oh, from Joe, Saint, there is a Joe Walsh there's Joe yeah yeah sorry he's in the Eagles there Steve we go. Walsh Steve. Uh, Steve's from St. Joe, yeah, right? Yeah, and had, the, had the rest of the guys from Topeka. Yeah, um, my second concert, um, 1978. My first concert was also in 1978. When you live in a small town, and you know you're 17, your parents don't really let mm-hmm. you wander to concerts. But second concert was uh, back then. It was Royal Stadium, now Kaufman Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, the bill was this unheard of band called Van Halen opened. They got a whopping 35 minutes. Their first album had been out just a couple of weeks. Uh, The second artist on the bill was Eddie Money. So Van Halen was before Eddie Money. Just get your head around that. Yeah. Um, Eddie Money's album had been out a little bit longer and uh, his backing band on his first album was Steve Miller's band. So Eddie Money played band stayed there he walks off stage high fives steve miller steve miller walks out there was actually not even a break then steve miller played two hours and uh after about start of the first song steve miller goes i know none of you are here to see me you're all here to see kansas but they want it to be dark they want to give you the best possible show that they can give you they were supposed to be recording their live album at that concert kansas was kansas was okay didn't happen, I guess, come out as a very good recording Mm -hmm. because that's not what they use for their live album. Yeah. Uh, But uh, Steve Miller played, then Kansas came out. The stage was just behind the second base dirt and they had people down on on the infield, but I picture myself, we were just a few rows up on the third baseline. Kansas, incredible light show. The ticket price was $15. So I got to see Kansas, Steve Miller, Eddie Money, Van Halen, 
for $15. Wow. That's crazy. They used the fountains with the lights on. Yeah. They used what was the original yeah. scoreboard with their logo. I, yeah. I, I didn't do drugs. <laughs> no, it wasn't my thing. Uh, my hair was past my shoulders, if you can imagine that with the way it looks now. Um, but if I would have been using drugs, I imagine between the music and the lights that they had, it would have been even a more yeah. moving. But uh, no, Kansas has always been one of my passions. Yeah, um, that's sweet. Well, my, so I, the first Kansas album, I, I listened to a song for America. And and then I went backwards and picked up the one with John Brown on the front. Oh, the album. very first one, yeah. Yeah, their first album and then Song for America. Then I had Mask. Mask, yep. And then, then uh, Left Overtures came out, out, I think, after Mask. Is that right? With Carrie, yes. Carrie on My Wayward Son yep. was on that, that one. Yeah, it was sort of a make or break type yeah. white form. And so I didn't, I didn't go to any of their concerts on the John Brown Song for America or Mask album, even though I love those albums. Uh -huh. They're probably still some of my favorite albums, but... But I did go to their concert uh, their, here in Kansas City, and they opened with "Carry On My Wayward Son," and this was this was my uh, recreational drug day. So I was I was pretty stoned out of my brain, you know. And they they came out with this. It was all dark, and they 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 did that little opening, dun 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 dun, bow, and then the lights just blew. <laughs> Blue, I can still remember. Like I thought it just about rocketed me out of my chair when those light, when they hit that light, you know. So and, you were, you were a little bit ahead of me <laughs> in, in seeing them. Um, never missed after that point. I never missed a Kansas concert in Kansas city. And I mean, through the, uh, even like a, maybe it was it 10 years ago, they played down at, uh, they, they re did a reunion. They've done a few reunion tours here. I they, saw him down. I went with a buddy and saw him. I can't remember the name of that place that closed down, but I saw a bunch of concerts in a. We had Woody's. Spot. No, it wasn't Woody's. It was a different. I've seen. I've seen. Seen him. Let's see. I've seen him at Woody's. That. I've seen him at Memorial Hall. I've seen him at of course Kemper back in the day. This was a smaller place um, downtown. It was. I I even saw uh, Evanescence at this place, and I saw. Well, I would have been there. Golly, not for the Evanescence, but I, uh, I forgot the name of the place. Anyway, but yeah, I followed Kansas. That that's that's one of my bands. Also, um, my best friend and I, we would always make the trip to see Kansas. Yeah. From the early days, and then S Steve left, and we had John Elefante, another mm -hmm. incredible vocalist for two albums, mm -hmm. a fabulous singer. Went through that, Steve did his group the streets, saw that, then he came back into Kansas and we had a period of that. And yeah. now he's gone from the band again and seen him with the new singer who at one time was the singer for Shooting Star, Kansas City band. So um, yeah, I, I, and I agree with you with Yes, they're one of mine too. I've seen Yes numerous times. Uh, never to see in the original version, I never saw Steve Howe yeah. with Yes, but I weirdly saw Steve Howe after he'd left Asia, but he, there was a small bar in the Northland called Dundee's on Berry Road for a short time. Yeah, I remember and that. And Asia played there. And uh, KY 102, I think, had a two for one ticket thing, $15. Mm -hmm. Had no idea, it was before the internet was mm -hmm. going on. We went, to my friend, my, my buddy Mark and I went to see uh, Asia and a few songs into the show, they go, oh, there's this guy backstage that wants to come out play a song or two for you and Steve Howell comes out and we're just like, and there's like this little bar in yeah. Kansas City and we're witnessing Steve Howell oh, on stage with wow. his feet from him. It was, I, music moves me. Yeah, Certain artists move me. I saw uh, ELP in Kansas City. I can't remember what year it was. It would have been, mm, I don't know. Anyway, Last maybe, time I saw him, 78. I saw him at the Midland in, uh, <clears throat> probably in the 90s, one of the okay. last times yeah, they played this was, here. This would have been I never did get to see them early on. This was early, yeah. I mean, brain salad surgery mm. as a young teenager, <laughs> never heard anything like it. Yeah. It just yeah. was incredibly Fun moving stuff. as a young person. So talk about the vinyl revolution. Give us give us what's going it, on there. It's amazing. It, Why is it happening? 
Why not? Yeah. It makes no sense. But here, so let me play this for you just real quick. So I've taught, I, I had uh, Adam Roberts here mm-hmm. who Screenland Armor. Yes. And we were talking about the difference between stream, watching streaming at home and having the big, big experience in an actual theater. And then I, I was, I've talked to people about books, like physical books and the difference between reading digitally and physical books. Do you like reading, reading since I'm a book guy and I, do you like look, digital at all? So I, I, I have did, I have digital, like when I fly in an airplane or something, I don't have to take my backpack with me cause I carry books almost everywhere. But other than that, I want to read a real book. I don't want to be able to highlight it. I want the depth. I want the experience. I want the, my wife's the same one. Mm-hmm. She, but even younger people I'm finding out are doing this as well. So there's, there's definitely, I think, I think there's a movement away from just everything digital oh, back to actual physical, you know, the album covers. The, the it, and that, uh, that was a problem with CDs, small. I mean, when you'd buy an album, I, mean, I, I did buy albums in the 60s. My first album was a Roger Miller album. I won't say that too loud. Uh, King of the Road, fabulous songwriter. Uh, but there was that thing about getting the album setting down, putting it on, reading every little bit of information that mm-hmm. was on the, either the, the cover itself or on yeah. the sleeve. Covers were artwork. Yeah, They were pieces of art. You put them up on your wall as a kid. It, 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 there was something but mm-hmm. moving, but it, somehow it's gone back to that. But there's also albums always had a warmth. Something about the digital, by cutting off the low and the low and the high ends, just got rid of some of that warmth that hmm. the vinyl has. Hmm. I don't think I'm just making this up. Yeah, I really believe yeah. that there is a warmth about vinyl. When I'm at work, and I hate another thing I'll hate to admit, no one's listening or watching, right? Um, <laughs> there, there, there's. I put on CDs in the store. I hate to say it, but. After working in music stores for so long, I tune it out. I have stuff that I and I do will focus sometimes, but I'll get busy doing stuff. And I've tr- tried doing albums, and I just get to the point of like, okay, how long is something? How, how long have I not had music playing? You should always have music playing in your store unless it's a Sunday and you got the Chiefs game on. But there's just I I do still listen to CDs. Um, I sell CDs. Um, I love CDs because it was part of my music past, but there is just something about albums. Mm -hmm. And the coolest thing is it's all ages. We are getting parents with their daughters or their sons and it's fathers or mothers or both coming in shopping. It's, we're getting grandparents, hmm. grandmothers, grandfathers. I've got one gentleman grandfather who brings, started bringing him in when he was 14. He just turned 16, just got his driver's license and he informed me, he goes, I'm turning 16, my car's got a CD player and I'm gonna start buying CDs from you, which is happy news to me because it's money and I sell CDs. Mm-hmm. But he'd always bought albums from me, but he informed me he was turned 16, he wanted to buy. But it's great to have families come in they tell stories, they share stories. Some of them try to push certain types of music on their kids and their kids could care less, but some of them, you, you, get, you, you see where their influences, they, they've been listening to their parents' music and they actually enjoy it. And mm. as compared to, I grew up in a house that was all about country music and fought that for years. I'm weirdly named after Farron Young, a country singer. Um, and for years I tried to fight country music. I have an appreciation. We will always handle country music in my store because my dad was passionate about it and that's where my music passion comes from. Yeah, A lot of stores don't waste time on putting country records in because they don't sell as much as others other mm. than your Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson, some my, of their traditional My ones. dad was Johnny Cash, Statler Brothers. Oh, all Statler that. Brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredible, not only from the just four-part harmony, but I mean, some of the best. Did, 
best gospel music ever recorded was Statler. Yeah. Do you remember Pulp Fiction? Oh, yeah. When Bruce Willis is driving and the counting flowers on the wall comes on and you're like going, I bet you his dad listened to not not Bruce Willis's dad, but but uh, Quentin Tarantino's yeah. dad. <laughs> that for years, uh, my parents my parents loved the Statler brothers, so they they tended to either play at the State Fair or in St. Joe, and that would be always the uh, would be one of the gifts would buy for either Father's Day or Mother's Day or a birthday for him. I'd always get him tickets so they could go see the Statler Brothers because mm -hmm. that was their passion mm -hmm. music wise. That was <laughs> that was the best. Oh, to them. My dad, my dad's a, will be listening to this. He's eighty six, so he'll like he'll like the fact that we threw in Statler Brothers <laughs> for sure. Well, right. my, my my parents have passed, <laughs> but uh, when I the first record store that or the first music store I worked for music for a song. Um, stuff wasn't online like it is now. We had what was called the phonolog. It was this big monstrous book that took up more space than this table. You get sheets every week that you'd have to add in with information of stuff that came out. You couldn't just go on your phone or on the computer. And, and this was 95. Mm -hmm. And someone would come in, Odessa, country music was popular, would come in and ask me a question. I have country music knowledge, but if it was older country music, mm -hmm. I'd just pick up the phone and I'd call. My dad would be outside working on lawnmowers behind our house in his little shop. My mom, I eventually, instead of him having to walk in, I bought him a cordless phone since I was making, and I got a call from our corporate going, there's a lot of phone calls, long distance phone calls to this number and we know it's your parents. So I explained, to one of the vice presidents of the company. The story was, I would ask, my dad would always have the answer for me about anything country music. And uh, the gentleman told me, he goes, keep calling him. Doesn't matter, keep calling him. If you got him involved and he's enjoying you calling him, we don't care if it's a few extra pennies on your phone bill. Right. So it was nice to have yeah. work for someone that was understanding. Yeah. But it was easier for me to call him than flip through this book. And also it kept him involved and I also got to say hi and, yeah. and check That's with cool. him. What 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 albums move the quickest? What Which ones do you have trouble keeping in stock? What, is it all over the map? Is it? Um, a little bit. I The first, two Fleetwood Mac albums with with uh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. Mm. First one that they remember of was just called Fleetwood Mac. Second one was Rumors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Give me a bunch of those. <laughs> I can I could sell one of those of each a day. Yeah. That's uh, Stevie Nicks first solo album, Belladonna. Uh -huh. um, some of the early, early uh, when, when uh, Steve Perry was early singer for, he wasn't the original singer, but when he joined Journey. Journey, yeah. That that stuff, it's weird. God, that period such a great of time, vocalist. The first Boston album. Mm. You know, Is that the one with the spaceship? Yeah, the guitar, yeah. it's an upside down mm -hmm, guitar, it's mm -hmm, a spaceship. Mm -hmm. um, if I can <clears> get Black Sabbath, I just don't see it. Wow. You gotta take in who's selling the records, used records, mm -hmm. um, people got rid of their yeah. records but the people that's hung on to them are still hanging on. We get people that bring in their parents' albums or their grandparents' albums sell. So, I'm sorry, Liberace, <laughs> um, Guy Lombardo, there's no market. But that classic, classic, I mean, Zeppelin. Yeah. Left, left over to your point of no return Kansas, sell like crazy. God, there's I wish that. I had those albums back. I, I, got, I got rid of all of them. I'm so upset. Anyway, <laughs> you know, we all went to CDs. Yeah. I mean, there was that period, well, I hate to say this, but there was the period where I was eight tracks, then I was albums, and then I was cassettes, and then it I'm was the same CDs. Way. And every once in a while, something was really good. I probably owned it on all of them. All of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it just, it it's, uh, there's certain things. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, number one selling album of all time is Eagles' greatest hits. It, yeah. Three or four years ago, took over for Michael Jackson's Thriller. There we got Joe Walsh, right? Yes. Uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, still. Yeah. 
Yeah. Whatever you think, whatever you want to no, say, that, we won't go into any my, of that. But my former wife was teaching in the Urban Core in Fort Worth, Texas, when that album came out, and uh, she she had all uh, African American students, and they all wore white gloves to school, and we we went we had them over and we'd do thriller albums and we had a blast with it. I love that album. Can you moonwalk? I can. I, I there's actually, I Matt actually has video of me moonwalking. Yeah. I can't. I mean, <laughs> I've never tried because I know I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually tried to break dance even back then, you know? So I, I really didn't, yeah, I sucked at that at any rate. I'm, I'm the guy that listens and stays seated. Yeah. Well, what so at what in and in, in the pandemic, you guys added a, a new component to your music store. Can um, we let's talk about that? Is that well, right? Yeah, we did. did I get that right? We did. We did. Um, 19, I mean, 19, 2020. 2020. Um, did you 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 added a speakeasy component? Is that right? Did I read I, this I, right? I, I, you did. Um, well, to start out, it there's a lot of little flying things that goes around to make this. When I went in front of the city in North Kansas City, told them what I was going to do before we opened. There was like five people sitting across from me, different parts of the city government. And at one point I just go, so what do I need to do to be able to give beer away? And they just looked at me. I go, I just want to get PBR away. If someone's coming in shop, I want, if they're over 21, I want to be able to give it away. They looked at me, they go, no one's ever asked this. Like, <laughs> I go, there's gotta be a salon that does wine. Not that I'm the kind of person that's gonna go to a salon, but I'm, my wife, I know there's salons that do wine and beer. Mm -hmm. They just look at me, no one's ever asked. Took them about 10 days to get back to me. And they go, you can't force someone to pay to come through your door. Well, that'd be the dream, to be able to force people to pay me to walk through my door, mm -hmm. but you can't force them to buy something. You can't force them to leave you a a tip for the beer. I go, I'm giving it away. I just, so we have PBR. We had, from day one, we had PBR. Okay. Um, so that was that part of it. Um, we closed a week earlier than the shutdown in Kansas City. I have a weird leukemia. Yeah. Called hairy cell leukemia. Um, when did you find that out? Oh, I blank that part out. 13 or 14. Okay. So um, you've been living with this a long. And it's just my my plate, white blood cell counts low. My platelet counts low. When I shave, if I cut myself, it's going to bleed a bit, quite a bit. If I get a cold, it lasts twice as long as a normal cold. It's just um, my first hematologist told me her first words out of her mouth, besides what it was called, was you have a few more good years. I don't didn't know then, and I don't know now what that meant. Oh, but gosh. I knew I needed a different hematologist. <laughs> Got a different hematologist. But yeah. um, so I closed a week early. I had a gentleman come in, nice, nice young man. He just got back on leave from the army. And he goes, I had to go through, instead of just going to Germany and flying back, I had to go through five different places. Corona was not in Africa at the time, I knew that, but the countries that he told me where he had to pass through, I know it was. And I got home that night and I just told my wife, I go, we're closing. I go, I have no idea who's walking through my door. And it was before we were doing masks, it was before we were doing a lot of hand sanitizing and the six feet. So I closed about a week early. Um, when everything else shut down, there was that thing that I told my wife one day, we're done, doors are locked, we're gonna call it. And she, she isn't known to cuss, but at that point she's like, we've not done all this for us to lock the doors. Mm -hmm. She goes, you're coming up with something. And then it was like, okay, what can we do? Um, a lot of people started selling gift cards. So one day I just threw out gift cards and I did a bonus percentage on top of they wanted to spend $100, they got an extra 10% as they spent 500, they got an extra, did that. I had 12 customers that did over $2,000 one day. One day though. Nice. No one did anything after that. It was all in one day. I had all these these 12 great customers that, uh, and you know, that was enough money that would have paid my rent for a period of time. And then we dreamed up, I posted albums every day, people would pick. PayPal, Venmo me, 
we did curbside record store that did curbside. Mm. We first started out doing it on Saturday for about an hour. People would drive up. They'd already paid me. I'd hand them a bag with their records in it. It looked like a drug deal was probably going down <laughs> on, in North Kansas City. And then it got to the point I was doing pretty good with that, that we added that we did it during the week. Anyway, we did that. And then the next thing is, how do we reopen when they announced that um, Clay County, where we're located in North Kansas City, that May 4th was gonna be the reopening date. And it's like, how can I control what goes on in my store for my safety? Mm-hmm. And the idea was speakeasy. We we have alcohol. I give alcohol away. Mm-hmm. So it just sounds boring to say, let's do by appointment. So we stuck speakeasy on the name. My wife's an art history major. She had some ideas. She sent them to Judd. We promised him a bottle of bourbon. He came up with a new logo for <laughs> us. It's just killer that sadly we probably won't really use that much. We still have a sign up in our front window, but we started doing where people would schedule an appointment and we'd only allow one customer or their family in. Um, started out with 30 minutes, but if you need one an hour to shop, you could request an hour. And that's how we reopened our business. Okay. It was by Speakeasy was a way to get around saying by appointment I in gotcha. my mind. Yeah. And you could come in and drink. Yeah. Right. And there's always something besides PBR hanging okay. around the place. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, that's a so so how are you fully you back open fully now? We you- we got to be fully open. Um, you know, people come and, you know, I I'm got people in the shop and I would not, I'd have the door locked. I'd lock them in so they'd force them to buy. Um, but people would come and knock and wouldn't understand that I wouldn't just let them in. And I had people call me a few names and yell at me and scream at me that they couldn't just come in, that they shopped. But uh, once things got, we started out where we first allowed four or five in at a time. And that was uh, late June of uh, 2020 and then Mm -hmm. then we just reopened when everything else sort of reopened a little bit more full we did we still got the speakeasy sign up it'll probably always be up since it's part of our fun history and yeah and uh, it was a way for us to get reopened yeah so you're let's let's talk about how people can get a hold of you so 206 8 east 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 avenue 18th avenue north kansas city what are your hours open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to five, and Sundays one to five, closed on Mondays. Okay. Um, We also offered, and we still do, if those hours don't work for you and you want private shopping, call me. I have no life. I'll open up in the evening for you. If you are just, I've got a gentleman that comes to town Mm -hmm. weirdly on Mondays and I'm not normally open, he lives in, Tulsa, he calls me on Saturday and he says he's gonna be up on Monday. I go ask him what time and I'm open on Mondays for him. So we try to make it as convenient for our customers. I don't like to work, that's why I own a record store. How many vinyls copies do you think you have in the store? Somewhere over, uh, used were probably somewhere over 7,000. Okay. It's only 600 square feet. Yeah. So I've tried to pack in as much as we can and you can still walk through and the fire and then, department won't close us down. We've got probably over a thousand new. New, yeah. And most every artist now does a special release of vinyl, don't they? Pretty much? Uh, yes. Um, it's kind of become a it, thing, right? And the colored vinyl, not just the mm-hmm. normal black, colored color vinyl mm-hmm. is a big thing. I'm, mm-hmm. There's been back with Elvis, Moody Moody Blue album. Actually, the blue version's more common than the black. You can go back to Grand Funk, Railroad, and American Band. There was a gold version of that. I had that one. That's, that's <laughs> the one that's worth money of that one. Um, so color vinyl's been around, but yeah. the quality of the color vinyl now is as good as, as the black. So a lot of bands will do special editions. Mm-hmm. You've got the companies that's got a lot of money. We haven't ever done this with a band, but your Targets and your Walmarts will do special releases of albums mm-hmm. that are in color, on different colors of vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's 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 fun. There's always it's right now. It's tough because of the pandemic, uh, pressing of vinyl, um, vinyl getting time in a plant to press your vinyl. New Adele just came out. They've reserved all this time depending thinking that sales are just going to be crazy which they've been good but 
bands have been planned on having their album out for December or they're looking at next year, yeah. next summer because of it. So yeah. it's a it's a weird time, but a fun time in yeah. vinyl. Cool. Well, I'm gonna I want to tell people um, for those who are on our Patreon, we did a bonus section and we we talked a little bit about Ireland and you've been to Ireland twice. I've been once. We've been to the North Coast. We've both been to Bushmills, which is the oldest whiskey man uh, distillery in the world, right? Yes. Um, and so you can listen to some of our conversation on our bonus uh, content about about a lot of fun stuff. Uh, man, we could talk for hours about Ireland and prog rock, probably. <laughs> I think we could. And it'd be fun. I, so I, I just want to throw out there all the talk I've done about alcohol. I'm not really a drinker. Yeah. As weird as that might sound, yeah. uh, I, I do enjoy Irish whiskey. Yeah. Not really a beer drinker. North Kansas City has some of the best brew pubs and some great locations to go to. And when you're there, come shop with me. Yeah. But uh, and how do they? What's your like? What's your website? How do they find you online? Oh, website. I'm or six, Facebook. Facebook. There you go. I'm 60, so I still do Facebook. Yeah. My, I also probably have a MySpace. I'm not yeah, quite yeah, sure about right. that. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, FM Music, Vintage Sounds. On Facebook. On Facebook. Yep. I post stuff two to three nights a week. Um, a lot of my regular customers, if there's something that they see that I posted the records I'll be adding the next day, will comment, can you hold that for mm -hmm. me? That's part of my customer service, is holding stuff that I post, and that's why I drive my businesses with Facebook. Yeah. Um, can I tell a quick little story? Sure, go for it. Um, I got banned from Facebook for a month uh -oh. for posting child pornography. Uh-oh. Th this is my most embarrassing moment. <laughs> um, I got in some Zeppelin albums. Oh, no. Oh, Lord. House oh, is the Holy. Oh, my God. Great shape. I wanted to sell it. I posted it. And, and it was in May of whatever year. Oh, my god. 2018, gosh. I think. In my business, I drive it with Facebook. I. So they banned me from posting on my page for a month because I posted that album cover. Oh my gosh. And a lot of Led Zeppelin Facebook pages went down wow. because it was all, they changed something when the computer system of how they oh rated stuff that that was child pornography. What if you post Nirvana's album? Same thing? Nothing. Nothing. Or the Blind Faith album. <laughs> Nothing, but you got these kids crawling on the rocks yeah, yeah. in Ireland that was right. shot in Ireland. Yeah. They have on, I mean, that out, that cover has been yeah, out it's forever. Yeah, it's iconic. It's like iconic. But, oh my so gosh. Wow. I am in the Facebook world. I posted child pornography. That's crazy. Because I posted a Zeppelin album. Wow. Wow. Interesting. I just remembered that was probably my. That is something. Interesting. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I and. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Sweet. God, I love Zeppelin. I loved what, you know, I, I like, I, I've still followed Robert Plant. I, I I think he's such a great musician. He just released a new one with Alison That's yeah. I love yeah. him Second and Alison Krauss. Yeah. They are, I, I just eat that up. I mean, I such a different stuff. ballpark for yeah. him to go into with T-Bone Burnett producing and working with yes. him. I mean, the other one won all kinds of Grammys. They yeah. played at Starlight, one of the best shows yeah. I've ever been to. And uh, the new album's really good. And they never knew, or never, they said they never planned it when they would do the second album. It would just come to them. And, mm. and it finally did. And it's another great album and two great, incredible talents. And Alison Krauss, one of the great vo vocalists, great musician. You don't have to be into bluegrass to no, be into her she's, music. She's fabulous. She's fab. She does classic hymns too. Yeah. You know, she's she's made. I saw her at the National Prayer Breakfast one time. Just, just knocked it out the park. Of course, you know? I've seen her a couple times <laughs> in Topeka. Okay, and we have the group from Topeka that likes to protest everything. Oh, of course, yeah. He he protested my church one time. Really? Yeah, Congratulations! Yeah. I felt honored. <laughs> I am impressed. <laughs> <laughs> any rate yeah all right man well thanks for joining us at spirituality adventures everybody get down to north kansas city fm music and do some vinyl shopping and if you haven't got your vinyl 
player out and it's still in a box, do that. Or if you need one. Or if I you can need help one. You out. He can help you out. How many what type what what kind of record players are you selling? We have the the little the, suitcase type for the, the person. Type, yeah. The, and then, the the new ones. But mm -hmm. uh, I've got a couple of gentlemen that work on stuff that refurbishes. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of vintage stuff in the shop. So some pioneers. Maybe I need Sansui. to get mine. I need to get mine. Some techniques. Yeah. All I've the got classic pioneer. I got pioneer and techniques in a box right over here. Need to get it out. I know. I know. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for joining us at Spirituality Adventures, and we'll see you next time. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation, or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.